happen because um, they happen so often. And the overwhelming response was uh, to send thoughts and prayers, which is like interesting. I haven't actually heard that so much this week, <laughs> which it perhaps says something about who the thoughts and prayers are reserved for, not queer kids in America or Ukrainians. Um, and I think a week ago, I could have said a lot of different things about today's passage. Um, and maybe it is like that the spirit of like the Lenten season has like settled on me in the last several days, or that we have just held horrifying news every day. It felt like I, you know, like last weekend I was like on vacation in Nashville. And then like the day we got back, oh gosh. And so I, I, I confess I have not landed in a, a very joyful place with the passage, but I, I don't think that means that it's not good, um, which is a very, it's just like, it's just a really hard and um, difficult place because it's full of tension. We're going to read uh, Luke 11 today, verses 1 through 11. If you haven't noticed on your walk in, we actually finally got the First Nation versions in for everybody. There is a copy for every family at Trinity. All you have to do is grab one and write your family's name. Um, and so if you got one this morning and want to turn to Luke 11, verse 1, you can. If you want to take a moment to like run out there and grab one, that's fine too. Um, or if you'd just like to listen, that's fine. Oh, I see people getting up, so I'm going to wait. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm just so excited that they're finally here. They... I'm, they're great, everyone. Yes. <laughs> These are the front row kids. Like, <laughs> well, did anybody learn in college that when you, well, I went to a huge school, so big lecture halls, and you were taught to sit in the T, the front few rows, or the aisle, because that was where you could pay attention the best. And I followed that rule religiously. I, like, I would get, I had a class that was like 480 kids or something. And the weeks that I would get late, there late and not be able to sit in the tea, I was like, I'm not going to take in any of this information. <sighs> Yay! <laughs> I don't actually know what page it is, but Luke 11, 1 through 11 today. Actually, I'm going to read through 13 if you want to follow along. <sighs> Now you can see, like, when we're talking about, like, oh, they put this little extra thing in there. They don't do that today. But you can see when we're talking about that, what, what we're saying. He gives his followers a prayer. Another time after Creator Sets Free had finished praying, one of his followers said to him, Wisdom Keeper, teach us how to pray in the same way gift of goodwill taught his followers. Creator Sets Free smiled and said to them, when you send your voices to the great spirit, here is how you should pray. O great spirit, our father from above, your name is sacred and holy. Bring your good road to us where the beauty of your ways in the spirit world above is reflected on the earth below. Provide for us day by day the elk, the buffalo, and the salmon, the corn, the squash, and the wild rice, all the good things we need for each day. Release us from the things we have done wrong in the same way we release others for the things done wrong to us. And guide us away from the things that tempt us to stray from your good road. Then he added, 
Suppose you, want, you went to a friend in the middle of the night and said, I need three pieces of fry bread. A relative of mine has come from a long way to see me, and I have nothing for him to eat. But he says to you, quit bothering me. I cannot help you. My children and I are all in bed. Do not give up. If your friendship is not enough, then he will do it, just because you will not give up asking. <laughs> I'm so glad you all laughed there. <laughs> So keep dancing your prayers, and the way will open before you. Search for the ancient pathways, and you will find them. And keep sending up your prayers, and they will be heard. Answers will come to the ones who ask. Good things will be found by the ones who search for them, and the way will open before the ones who keep dancing their prayers. What kind of father, if his son wanted a fish, would give him a rattlesnake? Or if he asked for an egg, would give him a deadly spider? If even fathers with bad hearts will give good gifts to their children, how much more will the Creator, who is your Father from the spirit world above, give the Holy Spirit to all who ask? This is the word of the Lord. So, I, I, uh, I have to admit that in the past, when I've come across this passage, I have sometimes felt cynical and frustrated. That, um, that there was, there's this idea that Jesus' followers are kind of just saying, like, we just need the right way to do this, um, as if, like, no more bad things will happen if we just say the prayer the right way. And that was, like, when I was first introduced to prayer, like, definitely the implication, <laughs> like, when I was little. And, and yet, this week, I, like, had to imagine that in an incredibly orthodox country like Ukraine, there may be people literally saying this exact prayer over and over and over again. Yet each day, we learn of new atrocities there. And then after Jesus models prayer for his disciples, he shares this story about prayer. And he says that if you go to a friend's house and ask for something you need, and the friend says, no, you just keep asking. The person may not give you stuff because he likes you, but because you annoy him enough. And I, like you, laughed there. Um, it did make me think of like a time when I was teaching where the teachers got something done with the administration, and the administrator said, that wasn't the plan, but you guys wouldn't leave us alone, so we're doing it. And we were like, because it's the right thing to do. Uh, he continues to say that things come to those that keep looking for them, those that keep dancing their prayers. And then Jesus reminds us that God would never give us pain when we ask for gifts. If the prayer itself wasn't confusing and frustrating, <laughs> then the story here makes it so, I think. Um, and perhaps others who maybe in this like actual moment are thinking of like harms caused by their own fathers, um, which could be difficult to remember when he's saying like even bad fathers wouldn't give bad things to their kids. Some of us don't have that experience. It's a difficult concept. The idea that good things are given to those that ask for it, it's likely that all of us have an example of when that has come true at some point, though. Perhaps those moments make it even more challenging to grapple with. If you have experienced something that felt miraculous, then your baseline moves, right? Like, if you haven't experienced something that feels like a miracle, then you can kind of live comfortably in, like, meh, maybe that'll happen, maybe it won't. But then if you do experience something miraculous, you have this moment where you're like, oh, it can happen. When I was interning as a chaplain, prayer was really difficult. In the beginning, 
a lot of times because I, I worried maybe it was a, a futile service that I was providing. But then I did experience something that I could only describe, that the doctor could only describe as a miracle. And I, then I was left wondering, well, why did it work for them but not all the others? And I think we could spend the rest of the morning, the rest of our lives, probably talking about the theologies that have been formed around those questions. Can God actually do all the things that we ask of them? And while that conversation is one that I thoroughly enjoy, when it lives in a classroom or a friendly discussion, I think this week shows us why we can't let our conversations stay conversations. And then at some point, we have to move beyond the safety of intellectual discussion. It's interesting that when I read this passage in the First Nations version, that translation supported that idea, this prayer of, or this um, translation of embodied prayer. In Jesus' prayer here, he says, Bring your good road to us, where the beauty of your ways in the spirit world above is reflected in the earth below. And while historically it might have been easy for us to sit back and just assume the original let your kingdom come is an act that only God can bring. This request for a good road reminds us here that the kingdom here on earth is created as part of our journey. It's created for us to walk. Then, while the possible suggestion from Jesus is that we just annoy God with our requests, and they won't become unnoticed, and that made me laugh at first, the First Nations Version translates the rest to dancing our prayers. So we're dancing our prayers along the good road. Chika Alston is a minister and community organizer in New York City. And she suggests to get to the real understanding of prayer in this message, we have to look at the original translation. Um, and she goes a step further than Greek. Um, the Greek word is absurd. It, uh, it's like six syllables. Prosukestai. I don't know. Um, and she goes back um, to the, the Hebrew translation, which is way easier, tefillah. Um, and she's, she suggests that prayer is actually like not a good translation, um, that the word really means beg, beseech, and plead. This isn't a calm and passive, now I lay me down to sleep type of prayer that we are being taught. This is a whole body experience. This isn't just being annoying and asking for something over and over and over because we want it. This is a we cannot and we will not stop asking because to stop will mean death. It made me think of a conversation the Midtown Subversive Witness Group had a couple of weeks ago when we were reading um, Gilead's thoughts on Esther. And he's commenting about lamentation and the incredible importance of Mordecai's very public lament about Haman and Xerxes' plan to kill the Jews in Esther's original inaction. He comments on this courage it took Mordecai to publicly, publicly lament and how if he hadn't, the story may have ended very differently. He quotes Walter Brueggemann and says, In our public lament, it is made clear that things are not as they should be, not as they were promised, and not as they must be.
bringing hurt to public expression is an important first step in the dismantling criticism that permits a new reality, theological and social, to emerge. Understanding this concept empires, understanding this concept, empires are hellbent on suppressing public lament, regardless of the form it takes. Marches, civil disobedience, nonviolent protests, sit-ins, or prayer vigils. Similarly here, I don't think this is quietly in our homes, kneeling and hands clasped, praying that Jesus is teaching us how to do. This praying is moving. It's dancing. And I don't know the significance of dancing in all tribal nations, but from my experience, we aren't talking about the electric slide or something silly. Dancing, in my experience, in some indigenous communities, is not just a thing that happens at ceremonies, it is the ceremony. Full of unique movements of joy, celebration, grief, and repentance, dances are held for a whole host of reasons, and they have incredible and uh, incredibly deep meaning. They are full of gratitude for the ways that Creator has been present and for the ways that we know Creator will continue to be, even when things feel bleak. And they are not quiet. They are loud. A cacophony of voices crying out and feet stomping and hands grasping at each other. It is an announcement to oppressors that we will not stop asking. It calls out to our siblings that are hurting that we love them and tell, tells them they are not forgotten. I confess that I don't know what that type of dance looks like for our siblings that have been harmed this week and will be harmed this coming week. I found it interesting that one of the videos I watched from Kiev was a woman saying, the only thing that we can ask for you to do is pray. This week is Ash Wednesday, so we are entering the Lenten season. And on that journey, it's, it leads us into further contemplation about the horrors of the world. And it's also a journey that reminds us that the good road is there, but that the good road led to death for Jesus. I hope that as we start this journey this week together, we may consider how um, we may dance along the good road and pray the way that Jesus does illustrate for us in this passage. I'd like to just finish um, with a prayer that Jeff Chu shared this week. Um, you'll pray with me. For all who are vulnerable and afraid, for Ukraine's people, for trans kids and their families in Texas, for all suffering amid war and violence, for all who feel forgotten, Grant them courage, strength, and the true peace of knowing that they are beloved. God, hear our prayers. For all who abuse their power, for those drunk on arrogance, for those who wield their strength with disregard for human dignity, 
for those inflamed by deceptive pride. Grant them humility, restraint, and the true peace of knowing that they are beloved. God, hear our prayer. For all who feel overwhelmed, for those who want to do something yet feel powerless, for those trying to bear witness, for those who are flailing, grant them wisdom, comfort, that it is not complacency, and the true peace of knowing that they are beloved. God, hear our prayers. Amen. If you...